we live? It's uh, it's not live at 11. It's can we even talk about that? Hi, friends. Hi, everybody. Here we are. Uh, super sorry about Wednesday, but very, very relieved to be back in like stable environment where we know for certain we will have reception and be able to actually keep the podcast going. So thank you so much for hanging with us, you guys. I know it's a little frustrating, um, but you know, we're finalizing things, we're getting it together, and uh, we won't have to do this again. I will not be taking any last minute trips to God knows where ever. <laughs> so, hey, welcome to episode two of Can We Even Talk About That, guys? Yes, we yeah. here, we in there. Seriously. Okay, let me just all, right. sure all my stuff is right. You know, yeah. Like you over there, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, my stuff right. Okay. Oh, uh, you should share this too. I don't think I tagged you properly. Okay, okay, okay of course. I don't think I did. I'm so sorry. Something's got to be wrong, y'all. Okay, Hey, while we're waiting, I want to give a quick shout out to Sharon Hansen, who is a seamstress out here, and she fixed the straps on my dress so I can wear it again. It's way too cold to actually be wearing it, but I am anyway. So thank you, Sharon. <laughs> All right, everybody's gonna see it though okay. nice we, all right perfect we are, we are episode two on can we even talk about that um as lisa has mentioned like even since our last uh our last podcast um <laughs> it seems like it's been like three months you know it so feels like it happened. um so true. i mean lisa's been out to you know she's basically went you know all the way south from you know freaking you know the country and back <laughs> literally in a five day period you know we we did a shoot, photo shoot. we did a photo shoot um that was the last calm moment i had actually I photo it. shoot and then driving for five days <laughs> i believe it um but I, I before we even dive fully into you know this episode's topic which is grassroots organizing i just wanted mm. to send a mighty thank you out to everybody who's been you know, um, listen to the podcast, subscribe yeah. to the different platforms. Um, the love is real. Thank y'all. Yeah, um, just so gonna, much support. We're just going to get bigger and better. So, you know, we're just going to blow up. <laughs> I know. Thank you for hanging with us because this is going to get better and like just more professional in the sense that the kinks will be worked out and we'll be right, doing right. a little better. Yeah, and shout out to my sister Alicia for the amazing pictures. Not just the amazing pictures, but like the amazing time. It was nice to sit there. We had good conversation with her and Anastasia. I'm very glad that we got to meet her. Um, it was a really cool time. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what you do with all of those pictures and videos, actually. Because first of all, there's bad <laughs> pictures. But, um, it took like a thousand, dude. It's great though. It's great. It's yeah. great. Be so to, much to work with. Better to have yeah. uh, too many. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Oh, hey, and one thing I wanted to do before we jump into this episode also is when I went back and watched um, the the first podcast that we did on digital blackface, I realized that I personally, a lot of the information that I used in that podcast came from one specific YouTuber. Like when I went back and watched it, I'm like, man, I'm, and I did not give her a shout out. So Khadija Mbawe had M-B-O-W-E, Khadija M-B-O-W-E Mbawe 
on YouTube. She has a YouTube channel. She's an incredible YouTube blogger. Um, and I did not mean to bite her, but ultimately when I went back and watched it, I'm like, man, I bet that girl a lot. And I need to give her a shout out. Cause a lot of the, the things that I ended up talking about came directly from her YouTube channel. So if you thought that I was really smart and doing good, I am, but also I was very inspired by Khadijah um, and, and the information that she shared um, on her. So if you have a chance and you liked what I was talking about, you'll love her YouTube channel. So I suggest checking it out. I'm not trying to like buy old girl has a lot of really incredible points. She's a very smart, cool channel. Um, so respect, check out her YouTube if you're into it. Right. I just wanted to make sure I cleared that up. <laughs> good look, good look, good look, you know. Yeah, yeah. Little things we gotta get, you know, in the use of, but grassroots organizing. Yeah, let's get in this. Let's get in this. Let's get in this, you know, grassroots. Anybody who's cut grass knows about the roots of grass that don't go deep, yes. you know, which is mm-hmm. why, you know, um, grass keep coming back and it really mm-hmm. like strip up like the top soil, you know, right. you really can't get rid of, you know, a lot of different types of grasses, you know, right. And Some of them are just going to be there. They're going to be there. And, and, that, and that's pretty much the, the uh, how should I put it? That's pretty much the sentiment are part of the elements of grassroots organizing, you know. Right. Um, right. Grassroots organizing basically organizes that's centered around the people in the community and the resources they have in the community and bringing it all together so that they can um, focus on one particular task. Usually it's a lot of people identify it specifically with like political organi- organizing, but it doesn't have to just be political. Not stuff. always that, it yeah. Be, it could be economic stuff, it could be health stuff. Um, it can be all these different things, but it can be a safe after-school program for kids. Right, right. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Right. The key about grassroots organizing um, is that it's um, it's kind of like the opposite um, to a lot of organizing that a lot of people are used to, <clears throat> which is a lot of top-down kind of organizing. You know, right, right. Who's like a, a leader or like a a um, charismatic kind of person and, and that person is in charge, is right? In charge of everything. And that's not what grassroots organizing is. Yet a lot of people, in my experience, a lot of those type of people try to come into grassroots organizing and utilize, try to utilize that particular technique in grassroots right. organizing because they see the benefit in terms of having the backing of the people. Mm-hmm. But they, on, on some other level, you know, they're for lack of a better term, they just weak and wicked and they kind of just want a whole bunch of followers. Right. Yeah, it's not about leading because grassroots organizing is literally, you know, the same way all the grass is creating roots that connect and go deep. It's right. connection with people. There, there shouldn't, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily that there cannot be um, like a face that does the talking because you can be very involved with grassroots organizing and great at organizing and mobilizing people and not comfortable speaking. Right. right. So it's not that there cannot be a space, but there is not necessarily a leader in good grassroots organizing. It literally is like community coming together and agreeing to do something um, and, and work through whatever differences or obstacles may come up as a group. There is not one person that we're going to default to, like, what do right. you say we do? It right. requires community coming together. And, and, and it requires patience. Because I think what's great about grassroots organizing is it's always about the long-term goal. It's not about 
you know, somebody coming in with a bunch of power and money and saying, fix this and it's done. And then we deal with the consequences or the changes or, you know, that we need to adjust to later. It is about um, the long-term vision and starting with what you have and building and continuing to build, right? Mm -hmm. um, which is what, you know, successful grassroots organizing does. It is, it is long-term change, long-term right. accomplishment, things that, you know, you're, you're changing structures of things sometimes, right? Um, and that requires a lot of patience and a lot of hard work and a lot of time, commitment, right. loyalty, right? Dedication right. to whatever the cause is. Even if it is as simple as like running a good after school program for kids, it's like, it's hard to just like walk into the school or go to people's homes and be like, hey, give me your kids after school. Start small. Right. You might start with one or two kids. You might start with your own kids and right. slowly build with other kids in the neighborhood. And then you extend to kids in the surroundings, you know, in your school district and then to other school districts and it becomes a thing. Mm -hmm. um, but it takes patience and it takes right. commitment right. and dedication, which is what money and power misses right like when you have money and power you just get to show up and do what the fuck you want to do right. and and people just kind of have to adjust to whatever it is when it's grassroots organizing it is everybody coming together and there is slow build up right, right. um right. yeah and it's work right you said you said this this work like so like you can't be calling yourself a leader of a grassroots you know movement or organization and your hands right. dirty if your hands ain't dirty, then you're you're there for a different filthy. You're there for a photo op. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, you're right. there for your own particular, you know, um, your own your own particular interests. But grassroots right. really means like you gotta get down in the dirt, get dirty. Right. And like you said, right. like the, the results aren't necessarily gonna pop up overnight. There's a type of commitment, yes. but that commitment comes when you when you identify um with the community. Like you know right. the community is gonna be there in the years to come, right? So yes. like you you have that kind of vision for how you want the community to be in the years to come. Mm -hmm. And so that's the kind of investment that you're willing to put in, which is why it's why it's um challenging, I should say, um mm -hmm. and also uh, problematic many times when people outside of a community come yes. into a community to organize grassroots organize um organizing. Um yes. it can be done and it can be done effectively. Uh, but they definitely has to, there has to be certain things in place. Like it takes, if you're coming in to take a back seat, if you're right. coming from, a, yes, if you're, if you're literally coming just to support and not try to micromanage or control or, or take ownership of, then right. yes, if you're, yeah, I mean, if you're, it's the same, this is very similar to what I was talking about as far as what being an ally is on my live last week. It's like, mm -hmm you know, we're, we are, we witnessed, we experienced, we've all now lived through um, an obvious racially motivated attack against Asian Americans. So you have the Asian American Pacific Islander community. And we talk so often about what being an ally is um, and how that pertains to white people and what we expect white people, how, how they can be involved in this movement and how they can support us without taking it. But it's like, that is also necessary, um, you know, for black people, for Latinx people, when something happens in the Asian community, it is our responsibility. It's not our fight, even though it's our fight, 
it is it is our responsibility to amplify the voices of Asian American and Pacific Islander people. Like, what do you need from us? Where do we go? Where do we stand? What do we say? You tell me, and we'll do it. And it, so it's similar to grassroots. It's like if you're not a part of this community directly, it doesn't matter how much you may relate, how much you may care, how sincere your feelings are, what your similar experiences are. That is not your community. And if you want to help, your job is to stand in the background and be ready to take orders. They will deploy you in a way. Do you know what I mean? It's like, right, you right. go there and do this and you need to be willing to do that. That's how you help. You can't show up and be like, man, I got plenty of experience in this. Just take it from me. It's not right, fair. Right. It's right. not and, effective. And the thing is that you can have that plenty of experience, right? But like you said, the, the, the marching orders are still given by the community. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So when you go in that community, you'd be like, yo, this is my resume. This is what my skill set is. Boom, 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 boom. boom. <laughs> where, right. where, where am I effective at? You know what I'm saying? That's how that's how you move when you go in. Instead of yes. I got so much, you know, experience. Let me do this. Right. Let me take, right. you know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. not how you move in grassroots organizations. No. You, well, and if you show up with that resume and they say you can sit back here until we need you, then you sit back there until they need you. You accept exactly. that. Exactly. Which is the hard part, I think, for people. For me, oh, yeah. I know it is for me. I'm oh, terrible yeah. at that. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Yeah, no, you need to sit back here and watch the kids while we do this. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, are we need you to run to the store and get some napkins? <laughs> like, right. Like, and if you're an ally, you'll do that graciously and right. gratefully. You right. will not be like, nah, man, I came to be on the front lines. I came to say this. I want to talk to Let me write that. No, 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 no. If all they need from you is napkins, then you get the fucking napkins and you're grateful that they included you and you wait until they ask you to do something else. It literally is that simple and that complicated at the same time. It is hard. And that's my experience in terms of with a lot of grassroots organiza- organizing in terms of realizing, um, making myself a listener in terms of what is needed in that moment, um, but also at the same time, letting people know what my skill set is, you know, in a way right. that's not trying to, you know, overshadow anybody or things like that. Because right. that's the other thing that happens with a lot of grassroots organi- organi- um, organizing is that there's not a proper assessment of the skill sets of everybody involved and right pre- pretty much is the basic beginning of grassroots organi- organizing which is like who are you what's your skills yes right you know, right so, right and where can we, have, we use you right and once we have that list then we're like okay now we can move from here the funny thing mm-hmm. also about grassroots organizing that a lot of people don't know about historically is, is that the current um the current position of the Republican Party, where it is right now in politics, is a direct result of grassroots organizing that they did in the late 70s and early 80s. Fair. They got beat down basically right. after, after the civil rights era, you know, the late 60s, early 70s, they got beat down. Nobody was trying right. to get in front of the Republicans. They're like, listen, this is the way we're moving. What they yeah. did was they went to those rural communities, rural white okay. communities, And they started doing their whole um, focusing on, um, you know, abortion is murder, focusing on um, all these like buzz topics, these hot buzz to people. Right. Started from the grassroots and organizing. That's why a lot of these these rural areas right now are such strong hotbeds for Trumpism and all this kind of stuff. It's because they're the result of grassroots work that was put in by the Republican Party. And I never thought about that. What happened is the Democrats 
even though traditionally that was pretty much a, 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 a <clears throat> um, tool, they yeah. lost sight of that and totally forgot about that. And they're all really about the the shiny shiny nickel right now, the shiny penny. Right. I'm saying like this person is you know da, 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 instead of like yeah. you know getting down in the in the in the trenches. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. 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 Was like oh, like they have hot sauce in their their bag. <laughs> oh, they must know you know like, like that's the kind of move that they, they, they started moving with you know or right. the same thing even with Biden like okay you know starting referencing only like you know uh hip-hop people you know oh uh, yeah 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 as political right. experts meanwhile the black community right. got mad political experts and stuff and they, they don't reference right them. you right. know what I'm saying right but this is all because they moved away from this grassroots organizing um but right the left for lack of a better term the the left you know, has embraced that in many ways. And like I said before, um, when I was talking to you, that mutual aid societies are a direct result of grassroots organizing. Fair, yeah. You know, Clear that I've never thought about that. That's true. Yeah, yeah, it literally is. That's exactly what it is. You just yeah, like exactly. you go out and you find people and you create what you need and then it turns into something bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. That's exactly. Why did I not know that? <laughs> well, listen, I think <laughs> sometimes it's be popping in my head too. But yeah. Like, yeah. And so mutual, mutual aid, grassroots organizing, mutual aid um, has literally been, you know, the boat that has kept many people afloat during right. this pandemic time, during this racial so uprising true. time. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so it, it also shows us how effective that can be to address right. specific issues. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. There's a lot of people who um, are anti-government, but they're not pro-freaking grassroots organizing. So you also, right, right. <laughs> like how do, so what do we do then? <laughs> right. Well, then it gets into that hyper-individuality thing I talked about in terms of which is like the concept right. of, of white racism, white supremacy, white fragility, which is like, I'm going to do it on my own. You know, I can do right. it on my own. The reality is, is none of them do it on their own. They don't. None of them. It's true. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's not a real thing. It's not no, possible. It, it, it never was. And the thing is, is that, yeah. you know, once that talk that happens again in terms of just like, you know, um, Black, Indigenous, people of color live off the government, but white people don't live off the government. Like that is still a narrative for people, which blows my mind because like I said before, there's just so many stages in terms of how the government has helped push white people forward. Everything from, you know, redlining, to particular loans, welfare, you know, what I'm all saying? of it. Yeah. All yeah. Stuff, well, know. I mean, and not even take into consideration how much money the government gives to businesses in the right. form of like subsidies, tax breaks. It's like that they're giving you money. They don't call it welfare, but it's right. the same fucking concept. It's just going to a corporation, a business instead of an individual person. So I always get confused when people talk about that. It's like, businesses money all the time they bail them out of shit all the time how is that not government assistance how is that not a form of welfare like i don't it's right weird to me it it, it is weird but it's it's once again it's the narrative is from from that particular direction the narrative isn't isn't so much about this is you know um not what people can or cannot do the narrative is more so that you know it's wrong for you to do that but if I do it, it's okay. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's, yes. that, that's really there's a different name when I do it. I don't call it welfare. Right. 
I call right. it a tax break or whatever. So it's okay right. when right. I do it. It's like, right. no, bitch. Right. Like, you're taking money from the government. So enjoy right. that. Right. And it's literally. Like, it's politicians too. Like politicians, you know, you know, I swear, there's always a politician who, you know, is so against, you know, queer whatever it is. And everything. Right, 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 right. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's tapping guilty. toes in the bathroom and oh, it's all over the news. He's on Grinder. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's always that. Or the same ones. It's, and, it, and this has always been the same thing, even in the 50s and 60s when abortion wasn't legal, you know, and you had politicians pushing real, real hard against it. Right. They, they were sending their mistresses down to Mexico to get abortions. Yuppers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to go fully. You know, right? Direction, that's another. That's another of, episode, friends. Always, always <laughs> another episode. Always, always five episodes in every episode. Right? Know, yeah. That might, be, that might have to be our tagline: five episodes in every. Episode. <laughs> Can we even talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But over the years, in terms of my grassroots organizing that I've been involved in, um, so much. <laughs> yeah. Much, you know, <laughs> yeah high school basically right um it they are by far the most sustainable um forms of organizing that i've worked with you know right um they also have redundancies built in them um Mm. that protect them on certain levels that um other type of organizing doesn't have set protection so for instance um I had a youth program at one point um, that I ran, you know, the LLC, whatever. But um, it was very dependent on grants. Mm, right. You know, from grants in terms of government grants and things of that nature. When the political landscape shifted at that time, at that time it was shifting from Clinton to the Bushes, you know, okay. um, those grants dried up. Yeah. Not available anymore. Um, right. But because of the structure of the LLC, mm-hmm. you know, it couldn't survive. Yeah, it couldn't yeah. survive because it was it was still dependent on that outside type of organizing structure. Whereas, right, you have like a program that's 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 uh, organized on the grassroots level. You know, it's not dependent on the ups and downs of the federal government. Right, right. It, it, the it people, the people. And the people yeah. figure out ways for things to sustain themselves to keep it going. Right. 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 Um, and that's something when people get into things like they're all <clears throat> a lot of people when they want to do good in the community, they're like, "Yo, I want to set up an LL, a nonprofit LLC or LLC." I'm like, "Right, right, right." Nah, you don't need to do that. You know. Yeah. Many times, also setting up those nonprofits or whatever, you know, sometimes you need to set up a for-profit. Right. Yes. Profit, please. Right, right. You need to set up a way for something to be self-sustainable. Because when you set up something right. to be nonprofit, many times you set that to to deal with the whims and stuff of others. If you're dealing with something that is product based or 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 on that level, then um, it has built within it the means to sustain itself. You know. Right. Not right. Either one. I'm just that's pretty much my. Experience. There's just a difference. Right. Right. right significant difference and depending on what you're trying to do and how far you want it to go for sure you right right now you're jumping into grassroots i'm getting into a lot of things (laughs) you you literally are jumping 
<laughs> You're like, is there water at the end of this thing? I don't know. I, jump I hope so, because head first, too. So right? let's just hope there's something down there. And really, you know what's funny about it, too, is I um, I think the, the closest thing that I have been involved in as far as, like, real grassroots organizing, I've definitely always had a mouth, and I've definitely always, like, said what I needed to say and, mm -hmm. and made the moves that I had the ability to move. But being mixed raised by my white family in white southern Oregon there was not literally like the only other people of color around me growing up out here in the 80s and 90s were immigrants mm -hmm. we got a lot of fields there's a lot of farming out here and so um all of my friends were of the Latinx community um and that was it and 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 because of the situation that their parents were in, there was not a lot of organizing. People were not rocking the boat out here. Where it was just like, look, they want to make their money, they want to take care of their family, won't be left the fuck alone. Um, and I understood it when I was a kid, whatever. And as I've gotten older, but but as more black and brown people have like become courageous enough to come to Southern Oregon and stay in Southern Oregon, there's there's more to work off. So I had the opportunity to be a part of the BIPOC sanctuary uh, that Kokaino Sakari has started out here. And through my association with them, like really just like being involved in the group conversations and, you know, I mean, that's, that is grassroots for us at this point. Cause it's like, yo, anytime it, I'm, I, my car broke down. Boom. Somebody is like, I got this, I got this. I'm out of fucking food. Can somebody help me? Yep, we got this, 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 and this. I need help moving. You literally yesterday when I was driving home, I uh, I was driving down the freeway, right outside the grapevine, and I saw a shit ton of cop cars. There's like four or five cop cars, lights all on, clustered on the side of the road. And my first thought, you know, as I'm driving with my U-Haul and my kids and doing whatever it is I do on the road, which is not always drive the speed limit. My first thought was, woo, better in the because I do not want to get pulled over right now, right? Then as I get closer to it, I see one black kid. He could not have been more than 20, 22 years old, terrified, just sitting there looking around, like pointing at stuff, surrounded by like five, six cops. Oh, I'm on the freeway and like my heart dropped. I don't know what to do. I'm out of state. I don't, I can't just like pull over on the freeways to U-Haul and stop and make my presence known. I literally just went to the group chat and grassroots organizing was the closest thing I could think of. Like, these are the people that I can go to. And I did. And they got online. They looked up community pages. They reached out to who they could, because that was all that we could do in that moment. So for me, like my grassroots organizing started there. And from there, I started getting jobs with people that like, turned into more opportunities to do grassroots organizing so I am I I am kind of like diving in um but also it's like I've been practicing my dive for many many years I just haven't had a pool to go into until recently so we'll see you got the radio show I've been working with soul black I do the radio show in the morning but I, I honestly feel like um as far as like hands-on getting in there like like you were saying like your hands got to be dirty i i am i'm working more towards that i'm working more towards that and not just being the mouthpiece because i'm great at being the mouthpiece um but there has not been a lot of dirt for me to put my hands in just because of the environment that i have lived in for so long and that i chose not to leave because it was very important to me as i became older I was just like i'm not gonna fucking leave here you guys are gonna have to deal with me 
find a way to make you deal with me. And more, because I just, I couldn't move to a bigger city. I could do so right. many things. And, but, but it was important to me just to be like, I will not, I've lived here since I was five and I'm not fucking running. Like I will find a way. Like I said, like more people have come here and, 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 and created those opportunities for me because they did not exist. And I did not know how to make them. I did not have I was not bold enough and I was not brave enough to like get my hands dirty on my own and start trying to change things here until more people came to support that. I'm super fucking grateful they did too. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's the, that's the, that's the key element right there. Like in terms of grassroots, yeah. grassroots organizing, you need a community, right? Yes. You, you actually need a community. And once you get that community, you then start to deal with essentials. Sometimes people have a lofty idea in terms of what kind of grassroots organizing um, yeah. The, the topics and stuff they want to grassroots organize around when sometimes you got to deal with the essentials like when you have right. your community it's like yo is everybody have a roof over their head is everybody right. fed? is everybody safe does everybody yes. have you know some kind of gainful employment or th th those are essential things and sometimes right. people go into communities want to grassroots for instance around let's just use an example in terms of let's say you know uh, a police brutality case right you go right, into a next right. town, you want to grassroots organize around that. And it's just like many times people are not part of the community or they come right. outside of the community and yeah, you can go back home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So like you don't have to come. stay. Yeah, they agitate the area and then they bounce. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, yeah. yeah that's, not, that's, that's not a good look, you know? So it's, it's important, you know, to make sure that the essential needs of the community is met before you even step into that next next level. And it's also important, you know, when you're when you're dealing with grassroots organizing to make sure that you um, share in the risks that you're asking others to take. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a big one. That's mm -hmm. easy to overlook too. I think I mean mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that I've instinctually understood, but mm -hmm. but not a thought that I have ever like formulated right to like clearly articulate like it is important to make sure that you're willing to take on the risk that other people are taking on that's a really valid point right and that's and that's why it's important in terms of when you're dealing with um allies or accomplices on any level to let right. them know like this is this is what it's about you know what I'm saying right. like right. like especially if you have a certain degree of 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 privilege you know, yeah. so if you're not using that privilege as a sword and a shield, then get the fuck out of here. I don't need you. You're in the way. You know? right. And that was right. one of the most important things um, I saw during some of the, the protests that resulted from the racial uprisings last year. You know, mm -hmm. I literally saw, you know, I call white accomplices literally put their bodies between, you know, black and brown people and the police. I was like, yep. yeah, that's what I that's need. What yeah yeah I, I don't need unfortunately like right like right, right. it's not fun to use a human shield but you're way safer than i am sorry right right, right. Yeah. And, that, and that's the reality like so it's it's about putting those things in practice and like you said playing the position that's needed for that moment right you, you know what i'm saying right. like i don't need you to give you know a, a reassessment or a summary of some book on communism or socialism right <laughs> Don't, yes. don't need that. Don't need that talk from Why you. does that happen so often? Just you <laughs> saying it says that you've obviously encountered that no. one time. Like, the fuck are you even talking about, bro? 
Yo, I Damn been, it. I've been I've been in places where I just, I just have to fuck up. Cause you you know, have to. That, that person is totally not in tune with with, with, with with what is going on. You know, they're totally not in tune. They're not present. You know, what I'm saying? Yeah. they brought their whole agenda, their whole worldview to a different party. And That's like, what it is. Yeah, it's not that party. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, Might be next door, but right, right. This fuck? is this is not this is not Occupy Wall Street, okay? Yeah. You know, which yeah, dissipated in the air, right? You don't even hear anymore about that kind of stuff. What was that? Yeah, I know. Right. That was so Occupy, long ago, too. Yeah, right. The whole Occupy movement. You don't hear that. You know what I'm saying? True. Um, but it's also like I said, it's 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 very important to stay in tune with those essential elements of grassroots organizing, so that you yeah. then don't deal with backlash. That could come later, which is what we're right. actually seeing now with the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I have yes. to say, you know, when when, 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 Tamir's, when Tamir Rice's mother is up there basically saying, listen, y'all Fuck off. got all this money and y'all are like being celebrities now. Like, what, what the fuck are you doing? You know Sean King has been called out before. I really want to point that yeah. out. Like, Black women specifically have been asking us to stop referring to Sean King for everything and people as usual just disregard what black women have to say and be like oh no look at this I don't even have personal beef obviously with Sean King and I appreciate the attention that because he has a lot of eyes on him so it's great that a lot of people are but you know it's like this is not new this this issue of it becoming a celebrity thing and the grassroots no longer being about like helping the people you showed up saying that this organization was to help now it's become like you said a celebrity thing we cannot have that shit it's so foul it's crazy because like so the there was this response from one of the founders or current leaders of the black lives matter organization i should say yeah. i don't say movement but the organization and that responded to tamir rice's mother and it was on some crazy shit she was like really well, our mother you know has basically been co-opted by i'm like yo really really, really? she's been co-opted but you have not yo I, I, okay. I have to find it i have to say the article it blew my mind because i'm just like yeah yeah that's not the hill to die on you know what <laughs> I mean? not but where you want to be right now only thing you should have said to her was like, "Sorry, I need to listen. My bad. I need to do better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And Man. all this money needs to be accounted for. Because when you when you now for a, a quote unquote movement are making in the millions of dollars, yeah, dude. Everyone else has, has the right to under to to know where mm. all that money is being disseminated and stuff. Especially yes. when it's built off for literal black bodies." So like literal, yeah, every, right. You know, like she's like my son's face, you know, and other mothers, mothers' faces, their children are the faces of your movement. You know, yes, like, we have a right to understand what's going on, and we don't want to see you on no Grammys anymore. Fuck the boys. exactly. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the Grammys, yes, dude. You know what's interesting too is I didn't. I've been such a Sean King supporter. I just keep bringing him up specifically because mm-hmm. I've had the experience with him. But one of the jobs that I I, I worked for uh, Dancing Hearts Consulting, mm-hmm. 
which is a job that I came through through the BIPOC sanctuary. It was a grassroots and they're like, look, we're hiring black and brown people. Where are the black and brown people? They're at the BIPOC sanctuary. So I got this job and, and it was there. It literally was there that all my other jobs, all these other opportunities started coming from, right? Like the radio show, the Still Black, all of that came directly from working with those people. Um, and, and it was in that group at work one day where we were talking specifically about grassroots organizing. And I don't, this was before the George Floyd, this was before George, the George Floyd. It's so sad to happen, but it was before what happened to him. But something else is happening. I don't remember, but we were discussing it and I had mentioned something about Sean King and I got jumped. I mean, not like aggressively, they were not mad, but two of the black women specifically were like, nah, not mm-hmm. Sean King. And I'm like, what's wrong with Sean King? And they right. fucking unloaded all these articles, all these statements. And I was like, oh my God, why is right. he doing this? And it was, and, and I remember them specifically saying like grassroots organizing is for the people. Right. That's it. That's not what that's not what's happening currently. You know what I mean? Um and that was the first time that was the first time it was kind of put in my face that yeah, it can turn into something else. It, it, if if you start to move away from those roots, if you start to get caught up um, in the attention that you're getting, because it's very easy. Like I said, it, it, it makes sense that somebody would have to be like the face or the spokesperson. Some of us are just better speaking than others. We are, we are easier, you know, um, and, and, and maybe that's where it starts. Um, but just because you are the face of something does not mean that it's about you, that it's yours anymore. It still has to stay a focus on the community and what is best for all of us. And if people within your community that you are organizing for are coming to you and say, you're organizing wrong, you're mobilizing wrong. This is right. not what we want anymore. You don't, like you said, get to be like me and even co-op, you don't know what you're talking about. You got to step right. back and be like, yo, I came here to help you and I'm not helping you. My bad. How do we right. fix this? very simple and this is such an epic of specifically uh uh quote unquote west african well probably different parts of africa too but i'm familiar with the west african ethic in terms of even the person who's quote unquote is in power is accountable to the people right okay right do you you have many cases where there were kings or chiefs or different setups of of organizing west africa where they could they could be destroyed by the town Grio, you know, who oh, basically, right. he would basically come through and crack jokes about you, you know, <laughs> destroy yeah. you like verbally, you know what I'm saying? Right, so this right, is all right. part of the lineage of like hip hop and, and, and diss tracks and everything else. But the right, chief, right. you know what I'm saying? Like he had that authority and he had that power and no king and no chief wanted to, to, to be that dude who was getting like chewed out by the Grio. On the you don't want that. you know, right, right, what, right. You know, so what part? Yeah, yeah. It, but it's all about accountability. So when you set yourself up in terms of a cult of personality, where you are not accountable to the people, that's right. Some, that's that's some. That, you know, that's some. That ain't no black shit. No. You know what I'm saying? We don't. We don't do that. There's always been accountability. You know, so it, yeah. it's 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 important because we see right now there's a lot of cults of personality on every side. You know what I'm saying? The fucking, right, for the, sure. They're over there worshiping a fucking golden idol of Trump. You know. Well, I mean, I know, it's crazy, <laughs> yo. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, we, we we remember the Second Amendment, but we don't remember the Second Commandment in the Bible. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like these dudes, you know, but but the same thing can happen in these grassroots. Nonprofit, yeah. um, 
you know, seeming like they're working for the people kind of thing in terms of when yeah. you really are, uh, are these cults of personality. And it's important, like you said, to make sure that you're accountable to the people and make sure that yeah. you set up ways that people like that can't um, take the bag and run. Yeah. And to maintain humility, because it's like right. everybody is, we're all people. It's like, I don't, obviously I'm not Republican, but also I'm kind of Democrat by default because I don't have a better option at this point. Um, I don't, I don't want to see anybody black, white, brown, whatever, deal with any kind of undeserved or unearned disrespect or hurt, right? Right. Um, but that is, but the way to keep that in check is to remember that no matter what side you're on or how mm -hmm. right your intentions may be, right. um, you're still human and you're going to fuck up and you have to be open to being called out. It happens to me all the time. You know me intimate, like you, we know each other. So you know that my mouth <laughs> can be foul and inappropriate. And when I have been so ignited, I say things that I am horrified by. And I, I will step back and be like, you know, I really fucking don't like you. I don't care. Right. But also like, I would never, I don't, I don't talk that way. I don't, I lost myself. And, and it takes a lot to remember to be like, I was wrong, no matter how right my intention was, or the cause that I am working for is, I still don't have a right to stoop to those places and stay and do those things. That is not good for any of us. It's not good for me personally. It's not good for my fucking soul. You know what I mean? But it does undermine the group. And so until right. you're willing to accept yourself as a part of the group and be like, yo, I got to apologize because I just like, it hurts us. It hurts right. us when we, we lose out of that and we don't take accountability and you, you just won't get very far. And, and I feel like that's probably another reason that I have been hesitant um, to be like super involved in a lot of organizations. Cause it's like, yo, my mouth can be a liability. That's the honest to God truth. To be honest, literally when people have hired me, when people have offered to work with me, I'm like, look, so here's some screenshots of things that Lisa has said on Facebook and like, here's a background on stuff. Do you know what I mean? Because if I'm a liability because I don't, then I cannot be a part of your group. I'm not willing to undermine what, what you are working for and what you're doing, um, which is why like podcasts and things like this, it's just like, I can get in here because I'm allowed, but, but I do you know, it's a learning curve for me. I really do need to learn. I'm, I'm great at being accountable. If you're going to call me out, but, but being accountable after the fact does not always fix the damage that you cause when you're not thinking ahead of time. And that's what matters, right? In grassroots organizing too. You, at any time that you are working with or for this particular cause, whatever it is, you have to remember that you are a part of a community. It's not about you. So you can be as angry, you can be as incited as you want to be. You still got to watch your mouth and how you move if the organization, if the group, if the community is going to continue to prosper, right? It can take right. just one of those and it can be super difficult, but, but it is about accountability. And that's crazy hard for so many people. Well, you, you, you need to, one, you have to be well enough have enough self-awareness like you said you have enough self-awareness to know that lisa, lisa can get buck wild i know that it's i'm like okay lisa go get buck wild all right sorry i'm not sorry I, I, listen <laughs> yeah i have a friend i have a friend um 
tell the short story on here. She probably not going yeah. to the podcast, but uh, <laughs> she, she's that she she was my friend growing up. She was a dancer also, like um, hip hop house dancer. We would always be out places to practice dancing and stuff. But she was the type of woman that, yo, we were in the club one time and one of our friends got kicked out and the bouncer, you know, she went up to the bouncer and started screaming on the bouncer. And I'm like, in my head, yeah. It I wasn't know. me, but it could have been. <laughs> that in was not head, me. <laughs> in my head, I'm like, damn, now I got to go fight. Now I got to fight. Exactly. You know Boys because tell me that all the time. They're like, Mm-mm. <laughs> Yeah, this is her. And the, the, the funny thing is, we both got thrown out the club. But what, the funny thing is that we walked around the front, and it turned out that the head bouncer was one of my boys from back in the nice. day. Nice. Okay, he, good. He, he, he let us back in. And yo, those other bouncers were mad. But she's she's the type of person who I know. It's just like, okay, yo, there's a possibility that I'm gonna have to fight. Yeah. Um, but like, it's a it, so it's important to have that self awareness about yourself. But it's also like any person, it's important for them to have someone that can call them on their shit. That's what you are for me. Saying, <laughs> say live. You're not the only one. But at this point in my life, you are the longest standing for sure. I always think I'm like, I'm gonna go to A Life. And if he tells me I need to chill the fuck out, I'm gonna chill the fuck out. If he says he got bail money, then we're going for it. I no. we're just gonna see what happens. Yeah, let, let's just let, let's just put it out there that I'm not always I'm, I will never always be the person to always say chill out. Sometimes it's like this is true. Go get them. This is true. Yeah, yeah. But I know if you say that you're sincere. Right, right. But that's important. And I'm never afraid. You call me out. You will tell me if I'm being foul. And I love that about you. Thank you. Side note. Sorry about that, but it's true. So thank you. Yeah. But but this gets back to the, let's bring it back full circle because we about getting out of time. But the grassroots thing is important. Like you said, like it's the, the, one of the key things I took away from what you said was that you're accountable to the community. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of how we yeah. do grass, right? We don't literally, like, you really have to uh, do some kind of work in your head to, like, start yeah. to identify grass as, like, the blade of grass. Generally, when we refer to grass, we're referring to, like, the field of grass or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? So we do, yeah. we're referring to the community, you know? Right. So, and like you said, it's important to, to, to always understand you're accountable to the community. Yes. You know what's interesting about that, the grassroots and the accountable to the community is I don't remember if it was one of your books or just a post that either you or Supreme made, but I remember the discussion about grass, the smell of cut grass is actually a survival mechanism. That smell that grass releases when it's cut is a signal to other grass. And it's not like grass can move or go anywhere. I'm not really right. sure like why that survived, but it is. So it, it's like being accountable to that community. When one blade of grass goes down, it releases a signal to be like, yo community, this is what's happening to us. Yep. It's interesting that you said that because it just made me, I don't remember if it was in one of your books or if it was just a post, but I remember having that conversation specifically and being like, damn, that's interesting. It's like, Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the forest, you know, like the, the trees and stuff in the forest, they have a, uh, a sub a, a, a sub um, uh root system and, and communication. Oh, right, right, right. By which they're communicating with others doing various different, you know, chemical signals and things like that. Right. So it's like, you know, even though visually you'll see something that looks like it's an individual, like a tree and stuff, it's still connected right. to a community. And that's how right. we have to, right. when you do grassroots organizing, that's how you really 
really need to envision yourself like even though you envision yourself as an individual and and, and um by yourself it's like you're part of a community so it's important to right. stay in tune with that community um and play your position in that community you know important. what i'm saying you yep. know your position might change you know <clears throat> going, depending on what project you're working at you know what I'm yeah saying? Right, right, right. Um, and you right. have to be, you know, sometimes you might be the captain, sometimes you might be the lieutenant, sometimes you might be the private soldier. You have to be yeah. able to, the master is able to figure out which position you're supposed to be in and play that position. You know right, right, right. Like, like I've seen, yeah. it's crazy because like I've seen my parents do that at various different times, you know, especially yeah. ch church functions. You know, it's funny, yeah. like my father is like, was like the big minister dude. But yeah. if, if he was like, yo, we need to we need some more water, he would get up and get in the car and go get some water. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? Right. Like it had to be with done. gratitude. Right. right. He, like, they didn't need let me do it. pulpit speaking. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that's that's right, right, right. not what's needed at that moment. You know. But um now grassroots organizing is where it's at, mutual aid is, is where it's at. And clearly these are more these are more uh things that we need to and will invest in in the future, you know, for this post-Rona period, because we already seen that the government is fucking up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We already seen that the government is fucking up. I mean, I, I, I don't I want to I go over our time, but those fuck those, right. those fucktards in Georgia, yo, really? I can't. That's another that's another discussion, but like, yo, really? Like, y'all up there making it a crime to give people Please God help. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who are in line to vote? Really? You know, so we know. You have to wonder why they care so much, why it matters to them so much that people are willing to help other people on a community one-to-one -one level. Right. And it's right. because they will lose power. The more that communities are willing to come together and create grassroots, do what they need for their area, we are no longer dependent on the government. It's right. just that we can do it for ourselves. Right. And the thing you is, can't hand out water. Ugh. Right, right. Like, and the thing is, I'm not anti-government, you know, but what no, I am, we need structure. What, what I am anti is that even once we create those mutual aid and, and, and grassroots organizations, we're still yeah. paying taxes, right? Word. And my taxes, like that becomes even more problematic. Say we create all these structures that work, right? Yeah. Okay. The, yeah. the money that was supposed to go to those organizations that work is going in their pockets. Yes, exactly. And I, and I yes. don't, I, and I'm not for that either. I'm like, mm. yeah, nah. If, if you're not putting the tax money where it's supposed to be, it still don't right. need to be in your fucking pocket because that's what happens. And you turn out, you have fucking millionaires voting against, you know, a livable wage. Right. You know fucking what I'm saying? Every time, yeah, dude. You know? The worst. But, um, we we we, we reaching our, our our our. Yeah, our, we are. But um, yeah. Go ahead, bring it. I was just gonna say we were talking about implementing an idea where we put out right a couple of the topics that we have because we have like a laundry list of things <laughs> we would like to run our mouths to you guys about because <laughs> <Damn. laughs> yeah, yeah, you know we can't hear talk about grassroots organizing and in that conversation three other things have already come up that i'm like oh add that to the list oh my god we need a show for that so so we were thinking about putting out a few of the things that we have on our list at the end of our show and allowing our community to let us know uh, what they would like us to talk about the next time we come here. So, yeah. so, so we have this, are three of them. You want me to choose yeah. three for people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be so fun. Okay. So, so 
Ooh, okay. So this was suggested to us during Black History Month, actually. Uh, Garrett joined uh, one of our lives and had mentioned, you know, discussing how do you deal um, with Black people? Um, and, and we'll open it up to like Black, Brown, and the BIPOC community. How do you deal with people in the BIPOC community derailing progress for the BIPOC community? I mean, we address a lot like how we deal with white people, but right? Like, what do you do when it happens within your community? So we can talk about the derailing by BIPOC people of BIPOC people. That's one. Um, what's another one that I really like? Ooh, ooh, okay. Um, interracial relationships. This is one that I like. I'm a product of an interracial relationship and an interracial relationship. So this is a fun topic for me. Um, that is so layered. So there's another option. And then number three, let's do ooh, the legalization of marijuana and how fucking crazy and unfair that it's all the black and brown people that are in jail for joints. Yeah. Right? While like white people are just like, I opened a dispensary and made millions off weed today. And black people are just like sitting in jail like that's dope because I was just trying to smoke a joint to survive my life in the right. fucking disparaging do you know what I mean crazy yep. shit so let's do that how do we those are our three topics let us know um if there is one that you well and also if you have suggestions for topics we'll add it to the list but yep. we'll be back in two weeks so if you have suggestions do you want us to talk about BIPOC derailing within the BIPOC community do you want to talk about interracial relationships and like the layers within and how you handle that especially in such a like racially tense time in our culture or do you want us to talk about um the legalization of weed and how like crazy and fair that is uh yeah. to not fix that for people who are arrested so those are our three topics yeah. and you can hit us on any of our platforms because we still work mm -hmm. it out you know yeah it's um, true it's true know, yeah to let us know but yeah no that's that's solid that's what's up those will be fun any of those i will be so excited to talk yeah, about you know um Thank y'all for rocking with yeah. us. Yeah. So good to be here. I'm glad we made it this week. We will be back in two weeks. Let me check my calendar because today is the 26th, but we're not coming back on the 26th. We will be back on Wednesday the 7th. Yes. Wednesday, April 7th at 11.11. We'll be going live from Facebook. Of course, it'll be loaded to all the other platforms as soon as we can afterwards. Uh, but April 7th, what do you want to hear us talk about April 7th? Even if you don't care what we talk about, come back and join us on April 7th at 11.11. You know, and between now and then, get your hands dirty and some grassroots organizing. Find something to be a part of, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Yay! All right, y'all. Yep, be well. We'll catch you in a couple weeks. Definitely. All right. Peace. Yeah, it's off Facebook. <laughs>